Oh, long. Oh, oh. Well, let's see. Um, our records show that you were put into cold sleep in June 2023. Is that right? Right. June 18th. Can I get you some wine? You know, I... Cut I... to the chase, please, doctor. Pardon? The punchline. Mr. Foreman, you've been asleep approximately 324 years. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. My name is Paul. Hey guys, it's Terry here. And uh, I hope you enjoyed our conversation about uh, Welcome uh, to Winfield. Uh, uh, that was um, a, an odd episode. I think we had a, a fun talk about that. Um, comedy and the Twilight Zone don't always mix, and that was one that didn't quite do that as well. But good news, this next segment we're getting into, we'll talk more about that in a second. Not a comedy segment. So we're going to have some fun with it, though. There's weird things that happen in it. There's some weird I, shit in this this segment coming. It, it's not a comedy one unless you're like really sadistic. So yeah, that, we'll get well, into that. I laughed and laughed and laughed. No, um, so so yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what was it? I, I what's heard um, uh, was a roundtable of comedians talking about like they like you know what makes a person laugh is if you see someone dressed as an old woman fall down, and then they said what makes a comedian laugh if it's an actual old woman that falls down. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there there are definitely definitely things that would make me laugh that probably most people are like, whoa, that that dude needs to have a meeting with somebody soon. <laughs> yeah, just something about like I, I just I know this is not neither here nor there, but like one of my favorite uh, video clips ever is, um, and I, I've posted on my social media like every so often when I ever, like it shows up in my timeline is it's from America's Funniest Home Videos where there's like a grandfather taking this large like UFO, UFO like frisbee looking thing and he goes to throw it um, with like his kid like the like the grandkid like excited and the thing uh, it just takes a turn and it flips and it, it it flies directly into the sewer like the sewer grate like it just goes right in to the like it just goes right off the road into the sewer grate it, just the way that the kid's heart's so broken makes me laugh every single time <laughs> I I've seen that one. It makes me laugh too. Uh, funny enough, one of the things that immediately came to, to mind when um, thinking of something that probably really shouldn't be laughed at. You ever seen the movie The Feast? The Feast. There's been like two sequels to it. Um, Terrible movie. I turned it off. Uh, but it's a uh, horror film where these like crazy monster things kind of try to invade this bar. Oh, this, oh like, no, no, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a low budget, like, um, feast. Yeah. It was called feast. Yeah. Right? feast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw the first one and I just, every, like it was one of those ones neither here nor there again. 
I was like, I was like, oh wow, they did some amazing things. I'm not a fan of this movie, you know. It's, so yeah, yeah, I I turned it off. I just I couldn't get past it. It's I, I don't know for, for good or bad. There were some interesting things, but I'm just like I just the acting and the storyline just got to me quickly. But yeah, real quick, the reason I laughed and then turned it off afterwards was uh, there was like a scene where they're all hunkered down in like uh, the upstairs where there's a bedroom or something. And all of a sudden, one of the creatures breaks in, grabs a hold of the kid, eats the kid. And I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, nothing is sacred in this movie. Yeah. I just, you know, sometimes you just got to like, but I mean, that's a purposeful decision. So I appreciate that. They're like, yeah, we're just going to eat that kid. That's fine. So, so yeah. Um, we're so, going there. Yeah. So like, like the, the, the next thing we're going to get into is the comedy, a comedy laugh a minute, right? Cause now that we have a baseline for what uh, makes us laugh. No, um, so yeah, welcome to Strange Highways, everybody. It's an anthology-based podcast, uh, which we have been covering the Twilight Zone. We covered the original series. Uh, we covered um, the harder to find now, Paramount Plus, two seasons with Jordan Peele. And we're now um, past the halfway point in the 80s series. Uh, it was funny. Over the weekend, I, um, I I was hanging out with my other podcast husband, uh, Steve of Invasion of the Podcast. And he asked me, he was like, he's like, are you guys almost done with the 80s series? And I just laughed. <laughs> I laughed and I laughed. I laughed as if a monster ate a child. That's how much I laughed. Um, I explained to him, I'm like, no, 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 no. Because we, since like, I, I think we're doing it the right way, going story by story versus episode by episode. Cause it gives us a chance to actually, you know, uh, you know, dig in. Right. And it's just, but I think it was funny. Cause it's like, I know we've been, the season one so far has lasted over a year of our conversation. Um, and we're not done with it yet, <laughs> you know, which this is going to be the longest of the three, you know, in terms of stories. But I thought it was funny. He's like, you guys done with that yet? I'm like, no, like, why would you, why would you think that, sir? Yeah, I mean, I could understand, I guess, because of the way that the seasons uh, in the, you know, in the first iteration of what the Twilight Zone was, um, we could get through them because they weren't one were one story, an episode, and there was only so many episodes, like you know, like thirty five or whatever. Mm -hmm. We are like we are trucking along at this. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, we're we've got to take breaks here and there, but like. I don't think we're we're wasting time or anything like oh, that. Oh no, so not I, at all. I, I agree no, no, no. with you yeah. that like we do need to separate these out, like for sure, because we need to talk about these creators and the episodes. Like you know, it's there's there's a lot more here to chew on, and I don't want our uh, our you know our listeners to be like, okay, well, I guess I'm listening to a three hour podcast because I really think that that would be. That's what would happen with some yeah. of these if we did like, cause in this case, like with this is season one, episode 17, segment B, uh, quarantine, it is the length of an ep like a traditional episode of the twilight zone as much as, um, welcome to Winfield was as well. So I right. think that would have been a very challenging thing to get into. So that's, that's all. I thought you'd appreciate that. Um, that he was like, are you done with that yet? I'm like, no, no. Uh, that also tells me he doesn't listen. I'm kidding. But anyway, so, um, <laughs> he, he deals with me on invasion. I don't know if I don't want to hear me either. So whatever. Anyway. Um, so yeah, welcome to the show. Everybody. If this is your first time listening, this is, this, I guess it's welcome. Like, I mean, always we appreciate it, but this is quarantine. Um, uh, it takes a little different meaning than what you and I now know this quarantine. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was like, I guess we, we talked about day and date last, last week with uh, welcome to Winfield. So let's just get into who did what here, Terry. Okay. So our director on this one is a uh, Martha Coolidge. Uh, we talked about her during night of the meek, the, the, uh, the, I guess it was like the redo. Yeah. Of the updated story. version of it. Yeah. 
but we'll, we we will talk about her for one more uh, segment coming up in the future. But I don't know how much more you wanted to talk about her since it kind of was recent. <laughs> well, I'm glad that um, that because I like of all the notes I took for whatever reason I didn't go back to that one. So thank you for saving my day and my bacon there. Um, so so far two for two for her. So we got one more coming up. So yeah, uh, yeah. and then uh, we have three writers credits. So the story mm-hmm. is credited to two different people here. And so first is Philip the Philip the Deer the uh, Junior. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about him during the Nightcrawlers episode, which was very, very cool uh, uh, segment, and uh, exa- uh, yeah, examination day, which that was a, that was an interesting one in itself too. So, if anybody's really interested in seeing what he had to bring uh, to the table, he did the teleplays for both of those. Uh, very interesting. And then the, the next story he's, credit, he's also the the executive producer of this iteration of the Twilight Zone. Correct. So he's like yeah. one of the big overseers of, and he actually has a commentary track for this that I'll get into a little bit more later. Yeah. And then, uh, the next story credit is, uh, to Steven Bocho. Bochco. It's Bochco. Yeah. Bochco. Yeah. All right. So a bunch of, uh, Hill street blues episodes and, uh, Doogie Hauser. Yeah. Created Doogie Hauser, created LA law, which I know if I recall, I think you were maybe a fan of, maybe you weren't a fan of that. We've talked about LA law before, but, uh, created NYPD blue, uh, yeah, Steven Bochco, he created Cop Rock, if I recall. No one talks about Cop Rock for good reason. <laughs> um, like Steven Bochco had, like he's had a, had had a um, very successful uh, creative television streak. And um, to get into this a little bit more, because if you look on the Wikipedia page for this, Bochco isn't mentioned. He's mentioned on the IMDb and that's it. Um, Phil DeGuerre during the commentary track mentioned that he and, and Steven were friends in the 60s. And they kicked around the idea for a film script. So that's where the origin of this came from is that they actually wrote a film script that, um, that, um, Phil pitched to, um, the next person we're talking about, Alan Brennert, who's done a lot of heavy lifting for the show so far in terms of writing teleplays. And then Brennert took it and, and, um, kind of ran with it and changed it a little bit, but yeah, it was Daguerre had had this for a bit and is like, this seems kind of appropriate. So that's where, yeah. where, and he asked, uh, Bochco, he's like, can we use this for the twilight zone? He's like, sure. You know, cause Bochco was doing his own thing at the time. Yeah. It, uh, I guess we'll briefly talk about the notes for a second here. Like uh, there was a framework that had already come into play. And then, uh, Alan Bernard, uh, like retooled it a little bit, kind of introduced, uh, introduced a little bit more elements to kind of move the story along and make it more interesting. It, well, make it more yeah. hopeful because the film that they worked on in the sixties, the script they put together is called terminal. That mm-hmm. was a little bit more bleak than this, even though this is kind of, there's some bleak edges to this. Uh, uh, Alan Burnett was the one that actually kind of um, made it a little bit more hopeful, all things considered. And we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. So then our cast, we have uh, leading it off. Uh, is Mr. Scott Wilson. He plays Matthew Foreman. Um, I've met this gentleman before. Unfortunately, we lost him about three years ago now, uh, four years, four years ago. Um, met him at a, a horror film convention. Really wonderful guy. Really nice. Uh, really pleasant to talk to. It's a real loss. Um, not really a huge career, but he definitely has been in some stuff that people would know. He was in uh, Walking Dead for quite a bit. Uh, he was also in The Exorcist 3. And he was in Judge Dredd. Oh, I didn't pick up the Judge Dredd. That's a good call. But um, Yeah, he, he was Paul. Yeah. Um, he... Uh, he he was one of his earlier roles was the Truman Capote film uh, in True uh, was in True Blood sorry in Cold Blood and mm-hmm. he I think he played one of the killers there but he was cast there specifically as being an unknown because there were some big names being attached to the project and Capote was like no nah, I want 
like unknown. So people actually like relate more to the crime that's happening. So that was one of his big things. He was also in behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon, which is um, a film that I liked a great deal. I need to go back and revisit that, that, um, that film, um, has a lot more going for it than it doesn't. That's a fun movie. Yeah, I, I have to go back to that, too, because it's basically a mockumentary of this guy who is kind of like a Jason-type character, right? Yeah, and it's like this a documentary crew follows him around, and is he supposed to be, like, you know, explaining his process? And then eventually they're like, oh, yeah, maybe he's trying to kill us, too. Like, no shit, right? Like, Yeah, so I have to revisit it. I it's didn't fun. even know that Scott, Scott Wilson was in yeah. that. That's, that's a, that's a, a fun one, because I know it was a Kane Hodder's in that as well, if I recall. And, um, and, uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, Freddie, you know, the Freddie guy that we all know, oh, you know, Robert England, Robert England's in it too. Yeah. It's a fun movie. You were hoping I was going to say the remake one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the, for whatever reason I could say the name Jackie or Haley off the top of my head, but I couldn't Robert England is blanked on me. I don't know why. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, next here we have uh, Tess Harper. Uh, she plays Sarah in this. Uh, she was in no country for old men and the Jackal, which I'm sure you still haven't seen, but you still need to see it, man. <laughs> Still You're need to see it, Paul. Ter- you don't know me. Yeah, you know me. I have still not seen the Jackal. Um, <laughs> no. I, I guess I'm just going to have to bring over my copy of the Jackal. Can we? Do, yeah, let's like- just do it. Yeah, that's fine. Let's we'll do that. Um, I I have like you know you like one of the joys of uh, of having of being a friend with you and other people that we know is like we we will sometimes be like, well, let's get together and we watch films that one of us has not seen before. Right? That's that's yeah. a good time. Like so. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see that. Like I, I want to bring to you, uh, I, I recently watched the Charles Bronson film hard times. Like I would like to bring mm-hmm. that to you. That has nothing to do with this recording, but yeah, there, there's some cool shit out there that I, I know you've seen. I still need yeah. to watch 10 to midnight. So <laughs> yeah, if you need to see Charles Bronson shaking a, um, a phallic object, <laughs> a, another guy uh, during an interrogation scene, that's your movie right there. Yeah. That's uh, a, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm going to mention here with Tess Harper, um, I know her more from being uh, Jesse Pinkman's mom on Breaking Bad. That's been like her big thing. Uh, and then she was also nominated for an Oscar in 83 for Tender Mercies. So shortly after that, sorry, before this, she was nominated for an Oscar. That's cool, man. I'm glad that you were able to bring a couple more notes to that. Um, and uh, yeah, so then moving on here, we have uh, Larry Riley plays Joshua. 99 episodes of Knott's Landing. Never seen it. <laughs> well, so his story is a little more tragic. So in, in uh, 89, he entered rehab for drug and alcohol abuse. The following year, he discovered he was HIV positive, which 89, like that's like it, the, the, you know, the AIDS epidemic was in full swing. Right. And there's, there's a lot of stigmas attached to all that. Um, according to his wife, Nina, he, um, he was not gay. He was not bisexual. He did not use needles at all. Um, he speculated it was from a woman because he was quite the womanizer. That's her quote. That's that's what I'm reading the quote from her. Uh, fearful that news of his diagnosis would ruin his career. Because again, if you get like, think about, remember back then, it's like if you came out as like having AIDS, like it, you know, it, not only was it a death sentence, it was like a societal death sentence in a lot of ways, right? Um, so fearful that news of his diagnosis would ruin his career. He uh, did not disclose his illness to anyone except his wife, and continued working on its landing until his death to explain his dramatic weight loss. He claimed that he was suffering from kidney failure due to high blood pressure. So like he, he hid that he had it. Um, and it's like, it sounds like he had like just a rough go. And then like having, you know, abuse, like alcohol abuse, drug abuse issues, then to like, you know, come down with HIV and then AIDS. Like, I mean, considering that this was, this air date was what 86. And then, um, you know, in 89, he found out, 
like not not that we need like not that we're trying to like make this already a dour s- segment, but I thought that was uh, um, I don't, it's just of note because I mean he he's not in this episode long, but he does he definitely has like a good like he has a good presence in terms of the guy the good looking dude you know and whatever this he kind of reminded me a little bit of Kincaid from Dream Warriors a little oh, bit okay yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 it's a bummer. He yeah. died really young. He was only about 39, 40 years old. So yeah. it's a it's a real tragic thing. But it, uh, it wouldn't yeah, be so strange highways without us talking about something terrible happening to somebody, right? So take take a shot, everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but next year we have uh, D.W. Brown uh, played in Fast Times from Ridge or Fast Times at Ridgemont High and The Haunting in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I think he was the guy that is the person at the table. He's like, I'll take your pain for you. I think that's, that's all we see him right for like a second. Yeah. Um, Cause but, I mean, like to be honest, like there is a scene where there is kind of an open town area mm-hmm. and I was, I was getting terrified for a moment there. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you're like, like, Oh, um, like pastel child number seven. You're like, God damn it. You know, like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you're right on man. Because yeah. like we just had that episode where there was like 15, characters yeah. named off and it's like hey seed man. number eight hey seed with uh you know weird mouth like i just anyway yeah it's like oh come on uh so yeah when i saw i saw the little small town i'm like you're no 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 anyway so uh what, what i want to mention for this and you'll, you'll get a kick out of this because i found this and i knew you're gonna laugh uh dw brownie plays john a lot of tv uh like a lot of tv work right like you know credit to him it's a living right he was literally on a show called it's a living that's why I know. I, that, <laughs> that's like, the one I want to keep on bringing up now because I'm like I, I've seen it a couple of times yeah. before and I just don't list it but I'm like no, is this I, like our Johnny Midnight yeah I, I just like the idea though because <laughs> I was like it's a living I know it's the Flintstones joke but I'm like he's literally on a show called it's a living and he got paid to do it so credit to him literally you know making a living doing it's a living yep so and then next uh next and last credit here is uh Jeannie Mori uh she plays Irene she was in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. She was also in Mars Attacks, and one of your personal favorites, I'm sure, Paul oh, son, Ghost don't, Dad. Don't, don't, God damn it! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what did uh, Bill Cosby ever do wrong? You know, that's what I got. <laughs> you know, he was America's dad. You know, I just, yeah, anyway, no, I, I had that in my notes. I was going to drop that on you, but you beat me to the punch. And then also, she was in one of your favorite films, Warlock: The Armageddon. That's what I was going to mention as well. I haven't seen that movie in so long, uh, but I, I probably should revisit it since, uh, unfortunately, Julian Sands is still like missing right now. So I, we we think he's gone. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah it's not been confirmed. Been over a yeah. month. So yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I think we may have lost him, which is another tragic thing because I've met him. He's a he's a wonderful guy, real 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 pleasant dude to be around. So. But yeah, yeah, this is what that discussion is. Well, and I think also we're recording this the day after, like, what was it? um, The anniversary of uh, Leonard Nimoy's passing, right? So it was like, Mm -hmm. what, six, seven years ago? Uh, Something like that. Today, uh, Rico Browning, the guy who played the the original Gill Man from uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, passed away. So not... Again, not tied to this series, but you know, you, we just want everybody to feel really depressed coming into this. I know, right? Yeah. Like, why don't we all? I mean, let's talk about uh, Ghost Dad a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, I mean, or or not. We can just we can move on. Let me. Did I you, think did, it was a satellite that may have taken all of them out. Star Wars is real. Yeah, um, it was. Um, it was whatever. Um, like uh, a laser satellite, or whatever they call it later. Like we'll, we'll get into that when we get there. So, uh, so yeah, let's just uh, dig into um, quarantine. Um, you know, so. I like that um, it starts like it actually starts kind of creepy with like the black screen and you hear the breathing. Right. And mm. then uh, our character, Matthew, we were his perspective. He's waking up and um, we see this is when we see um, uh, um, uh, what's her name again. I'm, I'm failing. Um, we have Sarah, yeah. who's the first person to meet Matthew. And um, she's like trying to wake him up from like this like cold sleep or cryo sleep or whatever, right? And then he and credit to also to the the to this episode that he's like, how long has it been? And she's like, well, you know, like they confirmed that he actually went into cryo sleep uh, on the far off date of June eighteenth, twenty twenty three. So everybody, mark your calendars. We got to um, put him on ice here soon. Yeah, we got to. We're going to have to find Matthew four months from now. We don't and just, want our like, Matthew to spoil. Um, <laughs> Like we just shove them into like, like, you know, the, the, like what, when you go buy the bags of ice, like, you know, the grocery store, just shove them in there and be like, we're going to, guys, guys, he's going to save the world in 300 years. We got to yeah, squeeze all the air out. <laughs> <laughs> Get like a big, a big Ziploc bag. and like, okay, everybody, let's do it. Um, yeah. So uh, I like that as he's trying to like figure out what's going on and she's like, you want some wine? I'm like, that's probably a good thing. For that somebody is, you know, waking up after what, 300 some years, right? 324 years. Uh, but I like that he's like, what's the punchline? That would have been, that would have been the punchline for a Twilight Zone episode. That would have been the twist, right? We get it right out of the way. I thought that was kind of, kind of, uh, kind of interesting. And then um, he finds out that like, he's in like 324 years in the future. And then like when he's brought outside, and this is what we we're talking about earlier about all the kids and the, the, all the people. I was like, I was like, welcome to New Winfield is what I wrote in my notes. It's like, you know, just a house and a bunch of just like, you know, it, it's like the new old West. Everybody's just dressed up in pastels. And it's like, you know, it's like they're living, they're living better, but it looks like a little tiny country town. Yeah. I, I, I'm just like, are these people evading the grim reaper as well? It's like, they, they've been, have, they have for 324 years. Like they, um, cause that car flew off and never came back. That's what happened. You know, <laughs> Yeah, but I love how the future is like architecture hasn't changed from you know the eighteen hundred like not the like the the like the late eighteen hundreds early eighteen hundreds like the way they do houses, and then also like we're still cool with like I don't know like like old navy pastels, you know like all right cool like the that, future that's the only yeah. store that survived the apocalypse with maybe, old maybe maybe that's not even right well like, i'm trying to think of like what would have been like uh, like something uh, like it was a big deal at the time i don't know like like what if like there was a tj max that survived um, there was a hill there's a that, hill that, hills yes hill, thank you <laughs> there you go a hills a hill survived and there that's where all the the fashion comes from um but yeah so small town values and everyone's wears pastels this that's the future that liberals want is what i'm saying anyway so um so matthew's kind of confused he seems to be um like he seems kind of like, Oh, the future, this is the future. Like I'm going to go to like, you know, I'm going to go to Williamsburg. Like what's going on here. And like, he, he, he thinks it's like a step down. Right. And you know, I, I, I can't blame him. <laughs> you know, like, like, I mean, you know, kids are playing in dirt and stuff. So I don't know how exciting this is going to be to be like, Oh, we're 300 years in the future, but we're, 
this is it. This is all you guys have got. This is all that's been accomplished. And I understand where he's coming from because, like, you think, especially in most storylines, or sci-fi storylines, um, that in the future that there's going to be something that's uh, extraordinary that's yeah. happened as far as science and technology. We're going to see, you know, something out of, like, Minority Report or something like that or, you know, Blade Runner kind of <laughs> crap. Well, there, there was a joke in Futurama whenever they had the Beastie Boys on um, and Fry was like, he's like, oh, man, he's like, he's like, I have, like, you know, it's like, I have all five of your albums. And one of them was like, hey, man, it's been a thousand years. We have seven albums now, like whatever it was. Like, so I'm not quoting it correctly, but the whole I think it was like the like the the release between their albums was like you know it's like hey man we have a little bit more going on now thank you sir you know whatever the process yeah <laughs> but yeah you're expecting like you know um, like hover cars and like you know like I don't know uh, jet the Jetsons right silver cl- silver clothes yeah you know like weird oh, hairdos weird hairdos. Um, you know, um, you get to pick what body number that you want, you know, when you hit right. a certain age, you know, that's what we want. Right. So, but like, so it's a double, it's a little bit of a fake out because Sarah tells him is like, you know, there's no more cities or infrastructure as you, you know them at the time. And then, um, he thinks the world's gone backwards and he's kind of like, you know, like what is, what's all this, you know, why, why is everybody happy? Like the happy, like, I, you know, I, I went to sleep in 2023. No one was happy. What's with all this yeah. happiness? Right. What happened? This, uh, you know, Handmaid's Tale uh, kind of scenario. I mean, I mean, that's kind of like a similar idea here. It's like it's in the future, but then they go and they take a step back and they get a little bit. I don't want to say primitive, but you know, before times were a little bit more, I guess, sophisticated. But we we so, find out that like there, we, we'll find out that like things are not what they seem, and that they're much more. Um, like intricate and developed. Right. But there's that weird, like, you know, like this is the important part. This is what we're going to uphold, which is like, you know, what, what do you hear that phrase now? Like go outside and touch grass. Like you hear people say that sometimes it's like go outside, and touch grass, meaning like, you know, connect back to reality. That's what we're seeing here. And he dismisses it as, um, going backwards after 300 years. You know, like he's like, it's like, what is this? The, like, like back in the eighties is like, you know, we had, um, <laughs> It's like we had ColecoVision. Like, what do you guys have? Anyway, he didn't ask that. You, the computers later could have been a ColecoVision. I don't know, or uh, Amiga, but we don't know that. So uh, she she immediately is like, "We need to get you in for surgery," you know. And then he's like, "What's going on?" So they go into like one of the little cozy cabins for surgery, and it's like it's like um like what if like what if you went into like like um I don't know um like a a Cracker Barrel for surgery, like. <laughs> I, I mean, pretty much. I mean, it's it's very similar. You know, it's I. It, it it's there's no surgical equipment. It doesn't look sterile. I mean, these are things that Matthew has pointed out too. He's like, so you're going to give me this surgery in this room where nothing seems sterile, and where your ga- your gowns at? Like, I, I like that she put on like a, a a a light blue sash, almost like a surgeon, like uh, like you know scrubs. But that was it. It was like a sash. I'm like, oh, you have the surgeon sash on now. Okay, congratulations. Thanks, Sarah. Um, yeah, but I, I put my notes here. It looks like a rural day spa. Like you're gonna go in there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put some hot rocks on. Them yeah. And-, um, and, you know, and some barbecue sauce. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so they, they, so then while he's on the table, John, the guy we see once, 
uh, puts his fingers to Matthew's head and was like, I'm going to take your pain for you. And then uh, that's when we got Irene and she's very specific. Like she uh, rolls her eyes in the back of her head. She could visualize what's going on. And then Sarah's like, don't worry, I, I can take care of this. And then she starts to do um, some psychic surgery. Um, I, I really wish they would have actually taken a little bit more time to do it. Like, um, do you know what psychic surgery is? Like it's, it's a fake science, but do you know what it is? Is this the thing that, uh, in a man on the moon, Andy Kaufman, believe yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Good. Like, so he, people would do like the sleight of hand where it looks like they're shoving their hands into somebody's gut and pulling out like, you know, like whatever the badness is, yeah, the yeah. sickness, but it's, so it's like a sleight of hand where there's actually like chicken guts gut and things. Yeah. yeah. Out. I was kind of just for a brief second. It's like, you know what? That I think that would have been way more horrifying. I know that's not the aim of this, but like it, when you call it psychic surgery, then show me something versus like the, you know, the, the Adobe Photoshop, like all oh, my hands going in, you know, <laughs> like and it's, it's just disappearing. And then, and then she pulls out something that looks like the world's worst potato out of them. I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's a quite a large tumor, right? It's bad. Um, so then that like, I was just hoping that we would have actually gotten something a little bit more visceral there. Cause it, it wouldn't have cost any more money to do a psychic surgery, like cut around it, you know, but whatever, that's just me. Like I did the effect I didn't like, but if you're, if you're actually going to go for a psychic surgery, then at least, you know, go, f- go full tilt and get a little gross with it. Yeah, that that's fair. I, I think that the effect looked like crap too, but you know, it is what it is. They're trying to imply that there is, there is this like ability that they have and it's not just, uh, yeah. You know, the psychic stuff. It's like, they're somehow able to do this. The, the setup is that Sarah forth. can actually like phase through materials. Like yeah. she's like, uh, you know, Kitty pride of the X-Men and can kind of like, you know, so that will pay off later. But I just, again, a nitpick that they could have actually had a moment of like, like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Right. But then, so then, um, after, after that happens, him passing out, rightfully so, he wakes up in like this little like room and he's just like, hi guys, like I'm, I'm awake and I'm good. And he's like, Oh, what's that up over there? What's going on? What's going on with that big, uh, that big rain stick. That's like twinkly. I'm going to go mess with that. Like, you know, I, I, I mean, I've, I've, you know, maybe, maybe I've done things at a science center that need, I need to get kicked out for, but I, my, my first uh, go-to wouldn't be like, I'm going to go touch that glowing tube and see what happens. Yeah. Especially it's like, you, you don't have any idea of what, maybe around this place. I mean, yeah. 300 years in the future. I, I don't know. Like I, there may be something that if I piss, piss the people off, like they could just reach in and grab my heart. Like I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Kali Ma. Kali Ma. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like seriously, like I, I you know, I, I, I've seen Temple of Doom. Like I, I don't want to mess with this. So, but, I, but yeah. yeah, so he sees this thing and it looks like there's a bunch of, uh, I guess you would say lightning bugs inside of it and they're just floating around and he tips it over. And that's when they all kind of flow out of it and then start circulating around him pissed off. Like you can hear like this swarming noise and that, and all of a sudden Sarah comes in and apparently is able to communicate with these things and tells them to go back in the tube. Yeah. I wrote wrote my notes bugs, but nice bugs. Right. So, um, when we find out later that, that that's been like a, a thing they developed and like, 
there, there was a long time after um, the, the big event that happened where there was a lot of darkness. So they found a lot of bioluminescence to deal with. So whatever. Anyway, so... Um, so he learns, so Matthew now learns that everybody in this area has a purpose and ability. So like everybody has like a specialty and that's how like this, like this community works. And he is, you know, he raises a valid point. He's like, I don't understand how I fit in here. Uh, cause he's like, I build machines like, you know, tanks, planes, whatever, like things that are no longer needed. And he is like, he's also kind of being a little, um, like he, he's thankful for everything being like, you know, given to him so far, but he's also kind of like, kind of not, not cocky, but like being like, well, like how are you guys existing without computers? And then that's whenever they're like, no, 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 no. We'll show you our computer room, which, um, if this, like, I will never like, if this is what, how servers are like a good, like you go to like a business, you're like, that's our server server room. I don't want to go in there ever. Nope. I'm good. Like, I now, I now know that I don't want to ask how I, my internet works because if this is, if this is a computer room, I'm good. Yeah, it's um, it, it's kind of like if 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 you've ever if our listeners have ever seen the Matrix, kind of these uh, pods of some sort that are holding what basically is a bunch of apes, and they're in these cocooned. Uh, I don't know. It's really weird. They're it, lit up. It, it, it looks like a teardrop. Like yeah. that there is like these different primates. It's all red and all gross. And there's like, um, like lights that go in. And then, uh, the one guy's like, yeah, this is our computer room. Each one of these, um, each one of these primates is like, they serve a function and it's like, okay. And then, and then Matthew's like, well, that's cruel. And it's like, no, 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 no. When they're young, we give them the option of just being an ape or being, being a computer. And then like, so it's like that hand waves away a lot of like cruelty, Right. And it's like, no, 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 they chose, they chose this. And I love that. Like we get the brief uh, bit of him looking into one of the uh, teardrops and we have a really terrible, terrible mask of an ape thing looking back at him. <laughs> it looks like shit, dude. Look, this looks it's not terrible. great. It's not great. Um, <laughs> I just, <laughs> wouldn't it be great? It's like, it's like, open your mind to it. It's like, what's it say? Banana, banana, banana. But it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it, so it's Quato. Quato <laughs> is communicating with it. <laughs> yeah, so they're trying to explain to him. It's like your your idea of technology and ours are are vastly different. However, like we're going to soon find out that his knowledge of technology from you know twenty twenty three is going to be beneficial to. Well, sorry, it it can help them now, but because they like, they don't have that same knowledge, but there's also something that I'll bring in later that I didn't consider until the commentary track with him, but they're showing him. He's like, look, look at this. Um, you know, look at this. I don't know. Pod monkey. Look at him in the eyes. <laughs> I don't want to call him. I don't know to call him. Right. Like, look at this. You know, it's like, it's like you, you ever fill up a water balloon too much. And it's just like, it's, it's ready to burst. That's what this looked like, but there's a primate inside it. Um, it's like, look this thing in the eyes, open your mind, and it will show you a vision. So there's a meteor coming or an asteroid or something. It, it's a large rock coming towards Earth. And they don't have the capacity to destroy it. However, they believe that with the the satellites and the technology from you know uh, 2023, that, that there's still the ability to actually break it up before it hits Earth. So that's why he was like, they, they talk about like, that's why they thought him out. Right. So, um, so he sees this and then, um, so yeah, 
Uh, then they find out like 20 years after he went into cold sleep, they show him the reality of what happened of a destroyed world. That image I wrote, <laughs> you're not going to appreciate this. When I labeled that image, I labeled it Cleveland is what I labeled it as. Um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you couldn't have went for Detroit. <laughs> oh, on. I don't, I think Detroit gets so shit on anymore, which I feel like, um, you know, like it's just, well, Cleveland gets shit on all the time too, but I know Cleveland's they started Detroit's like Cleveland North. I always feel bad about it. So I was like, I just labeled the, the screenshot Cleveland. So, you know, whatever. It's it's very much a Terminator to Judgment Day looking uh, city hellscape, right? Like everything's in ruins. They're showing him like why the major like uh, metropolitan areas are like, we don't, we don't do this because um, there was a limited engagement is what Sarah tells him where there was like uh, six or seven nukes fired off from both sides that caused all of this. And that has led now to like everything after, right? So he was in cryo sleep. It took 300 plus years for the, the like, sorry, 200 years to, for the skies to clear up and for else to move forward and, and be like, you know what? We don't trust technology. Rightfully so. Like, well, technology, right? Like they don't trust the war machines. Like I can understand that. I can sympathize. It's like, well, what happened before? Well, somebody blew us up. All right, let's not do it that way. What if we all do like psychic surgery and convince a bunch of apes to be a computer? I'm in. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever works, I guess. Um, I just want to, I want to see how these conversations played out with the, with the apes too. I just want to see how that works. <laughs> like, yeah. did they tell them that you help you, they have benefits and that there's a great 401k involved? Like I, I just want to know what this, this conversation like, looked like. So you just, I, I want to, I want to believe that there's like a manual. It's like, so you've decided to become a pod monkey. Like here, like, <laughs> like, you know. it's like some weird pyramid scam scam. <laughs> they, they signed they, up for it. And they're like, where's page two. It's like, there's no page two. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you're going to be, your brain is going to be filled full of the knowledge of the universe. And you will not be able to physically leave this wet sack. Uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, I don't, I, Jesus, <laughs> but yeah. the idea, but the idea of like an organic computer, like oh, that fine, you know, it's like, that's a very, yeah, it's, like, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. I, I don't know if we'd necessarily would have gotten there in uh, only 300 years, but sure. Why but, not? Well, like, but do you remember what was it that the original uh, series was it still Valley? Was that the season four episode where like, uh, was it some like powerful being visited that town? And then, um, was this, that was a still Valley. Uh, um, um, but what, like they, they, they had like the little, oh, with the, the, with the, uh, the, the watchtower thing with the light. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm talking in the original series where they had like the little like blueprints to print out a gun or like a ham sandwich or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find I the title. I can't yeah. recall right now, but yeah, it was like in a Valley, uh, shadow, shadow of the Valley. It was, was it shadow, shadow of the, of the Valley? valley yeah. Um, it was, yeah. Valley of shadow. We, neither that, one of us were worried about that. We yeah. did it. We, we got did it. it. We got there. Yeah. So <laughs> like, but it was just like, like it's the same thing where it's like, Oh yeah, we got these pod monkeys. It's like, yeah, but also we could just three, 3d print a sandwich. I don't know. Anyway, like this, this, all of this feels, um, to this point, it, it feels like a throwback to the original series, right? Where there, the, there's these big swings, of like, well, what would the future look like? Sure, let's just go. Let's just let's let's get weird, right? And explain why everybody is peaceful and that there are, um, like we we've ruled out like the the 
why why the world got destroyed before we understand that we don't want to do that we're going to do it differently that that's all very i feel like that's very uh much a commentary right um on yeah. like where we were at especially in like in the mid 80s you're talking about like you know you know uh, Reagan's America and consumerism I could see why the this Cold would War resonate a little bit, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna exploit some monkeys. That's fine, whatever. So primates. I, I keep saying monkey. I know there's plenty of other like you know. I don't know what would be the best primate to use for computing, but I should you know like. I mean, it started off with Project X. Yes, you know. But- I was gonna think I was gonna make a Project X joke, but I did not know if you would get with it, you know, like yeah. oh. uh, offer one of these, offer one of these sons, sons of bitches a cigarette, see what happens. You know, that's what, <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, that's where it started. That was phase one. And then phase 37, <laughs> phase led 37. To like, like I want to believe that there's a bit in between where it's like, what if we just shove this monkey in a bag and have him think alive? Like, shh, shh, he's not going to buy it yet. Like just keep like, you know, like, like, like we're just going to, we're going to put him in a dry cleaning bag with some clear liquids. Like, no, no, we haven't figured it out yet. You know, like, yeah, we got to put some Kool-Aid in there. Not too much sugar though. Not too much, but just enough to keep yeah. them active, you know, like anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm sorry. I, I really focused on, um, the, the living computer. So, <laughs> well, because I, I hate to say it this, uh, with all the other things involved in this episode, this is the most ridiculous, and I just I I don't know it, and it feels the most like sci-fi, sci-fi, like hard sci-fi. Yeah, to it, feel, it feels like that. It feels like Star Trek. Like I get it. Like I and I'm with it. It's just that there's so many questions I ask. I'm like like okay, but like so if you have this, this is your computer room, and we believe that primates are like the most that you can manipulate, not manipulate, but like augment. It's like, like, was that your first choice or did you go to like other creatures first? It's like, are there a bunch of like, just a bunch of super smart, but like pissed off squirrels running around your world now? Like what, like, where are you at with this? Like, you know, like yeah, um, what's going on with the other animals? Yeah, what, I, what are they doing? I would, I would have believed that they, they, they silently linked to cats. It's like, Hey, do you want to help us? They're like, nah, we know it's like, like, they're like, we're good. Like we know what's up. And like, they just left. You know, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. They, they were probably the first uh, choice because they they are more intelligent. I think they are going to take over the world at some point soon. Right. Um, <laughs> so I just like that they just faulted to like oh, it's like oh like oh wait our, our closest uh, genetic relative. Let's just like you know we don't want us to be in sacks. No. Let's give them the choice. I like the idea that they gave them the choice of like you can either be one or the other versus like how about not a choice? Can we just exist to like, no, nah, that's not, that's not in the cards, buddy. I'm sorry. It's either, it's either go live amongst the trees or it's either computer. you or Jojo. It's you. Ha- yeah. You have to decide between you yeah. or Jojo goes into the sack. Yeah, I'm so. sorry. Sorry. We taught Coco sign language. It's all, it's, it's been, it's, you know, it's been determined from there, you know? So yeah. anyway, like, <laughs> like that also makes me think like, who's the one that was like, yeah, I'm in charge of things. Like, what are you in charge of? He's like, it, it, um, YouTube. Like, <laughs> I've, I've stored all of YouTube. That is the smartest dumb primate that's ever lived anyway. So, all right. Um, he's like, I have this clip of a UFO thing, fl- like flying into a sewer grate that entertained humanity in 2021, <laughs> the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, so like, sorry, let's move on. I, I can talk about this forever. I apologize. Uh, so then, um, so then eventually we get from after, you know, he sees what's going on, uh, with Matthew, right. Um, 
we we find out that like they've been bringing like technology they find things that he could possibly do uh like they like they they went to like you know <clears throat> the destroyed areas and brought back old technology and I was like he makes the comedy he's like some of the stuff's 300 years old so i'm like well no shit because they told you you were now 300 <laughs> years in the future it isn't like there's a radio shack around still to buy current components anyway he's like oh a lot of this stuff's old yeah you're old too right anyway so computers from 2023 are really loud i just want to just want to point that out and i also like that um they don't want to use that technology there is a point um that whenever he asks for the light pen, you know, to, to do something on the screen, Sarah is hesitant to grab it. I'm going to come back to that later. Remind me that listening to Phil Daguerre's commentary said something that I was not thinking about. Hmm. Um, Cause he wrote the screenplay, right? That got adapted into this. So I want to, I want to bring this to you later as a thought that never occurred to me. So I'll just say that we'll get there when we get there. So Matthew, um, he gets the systems to work. They're online. They're ready to blow shit up, you know, uh, you know, and then he, um, they're talking for a minute and he reveals that he always wanted to go to space, um, and wanted to explore. And then she's like, but why did you? And he's like, like, why didn't you? And he's like, well, he also talks about why he convinced himself that making like weapons of war, it's what had to be done. Right. Like, so he's like, it's a shame that you guys living here, like, you know, the gap or whatever it is that they live in, you know, old Navy village, um, will never see the stars. And she's like, well, you, that's not true because we've so evolved and can like just astral project out into the universe. We've seen worlds that you could not comprehend and that any type of spaceship would not be able to deal with. Like, like you can see worlds beyond worlds. And he's like, he's like, nah, I don't know about that. Fair enough. Right. Like be like, yeah, yeah. We, we've all had edibles, right? Like I get it. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would <laughs> like, I, I'm just like thinking of some of the weirdest, like uh cults that I've ever heard of. And that's where it's starting to align too for me. And I was like, yeah, I, I've heard about these guys. Yeah, and like, I, there's just like, well, you know, um, if you would just believe, eat some peyote and if like, you just believe in Xenu, <laughs> you know, like our God, our, our redeemer of 300 years ago, Thomas Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so so then uh he she explains that they can actually like be like astral explorers and he's like oh yeah i don't know about that right so then uh he also like the whole thing i appreciate he was like i will never fit in here uh because this is a future he was like never a part of and he understands that his his timeline like where he lived they're responsible for the destruction of the world i think that's a very valid point right like where he's like like, I don't have a, he's like, I don't have a mutual history. And I'm like, that's a, that's actually like as, as much as this, this segment, like it, there's things that kind of just skips right past. He literally is a man out of time and it acknowledges like you, you accept me, but your values and the way you view things are completely separate than I am. But it's like, he's, it's not that he isn't up to thinking about it. It's just that he is the remnants of the world that destroyed the world before they came into being. So there is um, like, I can understand his conflict, right? Like that, that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, and I, there's so many similarities in that part of the storyline um, to uh, the time machine 
it looks like you know guy goes into the future he meets the Eloys and he is baffled by the fact that they have no uh, connection with the past really other than just knowing that something happened and that they're there for that reason you know it's like it you know and they, they it is very similar in the to, in the fact too that they kind of went back and just started making things simpler again too no it's like it, it's a very um like matheson like sterling idea of like you know oh you know like shit went sideways let's let's you know let's just collapse it and move on right or or also it's like you don't know because it's like you weren't there it's very much um oh i, I did not expect to make this reference tonight but like uh uh mad max beyond thunderdome like type of thing right where there was the bunch of kids that grew up because there was the one the plane that crashed near um like whatever they believe the pilot would come save them again. And it's like, Oh, like you keep telling these stories and it becomes a game of telephone through the generations. And eventually you, you lose track of what happened. Like I, so I can, I can understand that too. And also like, like your, like what we believe to be important to us with our values and political leadings, they're not going to mean shit in 300 years, you know, like, so society will always be, they will be different. Good, bad, or otherwise, it's going to be different. And I can understand that Matthew's like, yeah, but what? Like, what if um, you know, I'm from 2023. Like, guys, can do you guys do you guys do you guys have Snopes? No, okay. Let me just show you some shit. Like, he could be a he, he understands a world of cruelty. They don't understand that, right? And, and and even trying to explain the things that maybe had some kind of like importance back then. There's, I mean, there's just no reasoning mm -hmm. with people now. It's just like they're just so set in their ways, and it, you know. And I, I can see that it being super difficult. It's almost like he's being put onto a different planet. Like they are kind of an alien race to him in a sense. Yeah, he's like, who are you? Who are your influencers? Like, I'm kidding. That's not actually talking about. But it's like, you know, like where, where is the social media? Like, what social media? Like, you guys don't have social media. Let me infect you with social media, right? Who's going to teach you how to dance like a cat? You know? <laughs> let me let me say. How will you learn how to Dougie? Yeah, let me let me say the two words that will destroy humanity: tick and talk. No, I'm kidding. So, um, so yeah, um, so he's he gets the his the the satellites up and running, and then um, as they're waiting for this meteor or asteroid in quotes approaching. Um, they, he starts to notice that like, oh, this, uh, this rock is changing course and decelerating and he, and credit to him and also credit to the script. He's like, oh shit. Like you guys clouded my brain cause you're all telepaths and you showed me a false image and they've been lying to him. So the intense yeah. stares from the people around him might have given an implication as well. Fair enough, right? Like, I think that would have been tipped off, right? But he starts to realize, like, oh, whatever this is, isn't um, a rock. But then they reveal, because Sarah's like, just tell them. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what if the world blew up? Um, um, uh, the U.S., in their infinite wisdom, was like, what if we load up all the politicians and military guys and, and get the F out for, like, and we just fly out in space and let like you know it was a time let dilation shit blow over yeah basically it's <laughs> pretty like, much uh, yeah because they're 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 expect like it was the the um was it the, um oh um the idea of, like 
like time dilation, like you fly out, like time's different in different places. And by the time they come back, it might've been 10 years their time, but it's been 300 years our time. It's like, oh, they're coming back to be like, oh yeah, we blew up the world. Oh yeah, we, we made that happen, but we're, we had enough money and influence. Oh yeah. Like what, like what if this was like, um, like Logan Paul and, uh, you know, like, you know, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like what if it was like just a bunch of like, you know, just you two people. It's like, Oh shit. You guys ended up on the, this uh, space arc or whatever. Right. Like, you know, uh, like, Tony is on there and, all of his buddies, like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I, I like, <laughs> I don't get that part of this world anymore. Yeah, it's just like, like, oh, also it's like, oh, there's other, you know, um, like, um, like news people, right? It's like, you know, like what if like Sean Hannity was like on this like space flight? You're like, oh yeah, 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 whatever. Right. So it's like, you know, it's like, and so like they're coming back and like, and so then, um, so the Matthews like, Oh, show me the truth. And they show the ship that has a big U S flag on it, you know? And it's like, Oh, it's the United States of America spaceship. Right. And he's like, but they're my people. And they're like, yeah, but they're also bringing their ideals and their weapons back, which also destroyed the world. And they're like, he's like, but you know, we shouldn't kill them. They're like, mm, should we, should we not? And then he goes to try to cancel the Coleco, um, that he set up, right? Like the Atari 2600, and um, Sarah like phases her hand through. She does some psychic surgery on the one computer and pulls out some chips. Like I like that she knew exactly which ones because there's no indication that she understood how that worked. Other than like, I'm gonna grab some shit and pull it out. Fair enough. That cancels the override, and then um, you know, and so Matthew's like, but like, but like, what's going on? They're like, you don't understand. They have like you know. Uh, uh, nuclear weapons and things. He's like, but oh, whatever. It's like, and then the satellite like does the plasma thing and blows it up. And they're like, he's like, oh yeah, there were weapons on it. He, I wish he'd have been like, yeah, it's 2023. Of course, America had weapons on it. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like the spaceship, the spaceship was called the USS Texas. It's like, yeah, I know it's packing, you know, whatever. Anyway. So it knows it's God given right. All right. Like yeah, I, yeah the USS Second Amendment was coming right back towards Earth, you know, like they're like, yeah, and and he feels like you know like just like betrayed, and they you know they 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 fess up to it, and he's like um he's like what do I have in common with you, and this is one of the better lines of this like what do I have in common with you, and then Sarah's like guilt, right, so like so it's like the like you know the four or five of them have made a conscious decision to remove the potential for the old ways to come back. And Matthew has to carry that burden, but they've also made that decision. I think that, I think that's a valid point. Yeah. I mean, they just cost the lives of thousands of people, you know, well, versus versus like what was going to happen next. Right. Like, yeah. And and even then it's like the precog thing of minority reports. Like there's a possibility that they would come down and do this, you know, like, like cause world war 15 or whatever the hell they expect at this point. Like I, I get what they, their fear is, but I also see that they just murdered a lot of people too. Yeah. So I mean like for in their minds, they did for the greater good. So then we get, we get Matthew like sitting out in front of the the house and he's just looking up the stars and Irene comes out and she's like, you know, um, 
do you want me to like show you like, can like, I can extend your consciousness? And he's like, I don't think I deserve that. Um, she doesn't say the exact same way. Um, spoiler. I have a clip at the end that taken out of context is really hilarious. But anyway, so she puts like her like fingers to his temple and he's like, Oh, you're going to show me all these like shitty CG planets. It's amazing. You know, like, like, yeah, I've been to Blacklight Mini Golf or whatever. Like, I just, you know, it's 2023. <laughs> and um, he's Space able- Rock Bowling. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, awesome. oh, yeah, 2023. I remember the early seasons of Next Generation and how bad that looked. God, bring it. You know, anyway, so um, she's able to, you know, show him. And then after, like, his mind got blown, he's like, no, no, no. Like, show me again where it's like, and she's like, well, welcome to the family. So there is redemption where one, he was brought back to make a thing happen. And two, um, they knew they, they like, they knew the problems they were bringing in. So the quarantine is, uh, the, of the episode is that, um, he's, he's being brought out of quarantine because his time and place is what was the infection that killed the world. Right. So like, I get that. And how, how, how does somebody adjust their mindset to know that you were part of the problem. And even he didn't deny that whatsoever. Right. Like he never once been like, Oh, I didn't do like, no, he, he knew what he did, but how this future society is like, we accept you. However, like we've given you at least enough knowledge, knowing what's going on, how we're better off than we were versus this spaceship full of assholes. that's coming back, you know, like, you know, there's a lot here to like to dissect and chew on. The, the 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 segment doesn't always it doesn't say it the best, but I like this feels like a very classic Twilight Zone story, uh, bumps and all. So I appreciate it. Yeah, and I guess um, you know this outcome does make you ponder um, what you know Matthew is really thinking, and like I mean he is going to have a lot of time to just kind of. Like, mull this over because he was brought out of uh you know his deep sleep to be an executioner in a sense so it's like that's a lot of weight to put on a person so i mean and in the things that they feared they used against the people that they feared that were going to bring back the same weapons so So, like what you're saying there i'm cutting you off i apologize but that's exactly the thing i like that that's apparent in this episode right absolutely right however while listening to uh phil deguerre's commentary for this on um like on the on the, the the hard to find DVDs that are hard to find. Um, he mentions that like even the bit where Sarah is hesitant to pick up the light pen, like nobody in this day and age can manifest the cruelty, right? The they 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 can't pull the trigger and they can't understand, like they they're physically um, unable to do so but they know they have somebody that can. And it's like, like it's one of those things I'll say to you that like, yeah, the story that's what's pointing towards. But the idea that like, even they couldn't fathom the idea that they themselves physically could make this happen is interesting. And like, I don't think it's super apparent in this, but if you watch it with the knowledge that what Daguerre was saying that like they, they, they thought him out, they aimed him, and, but the fact that they couldn't even like as much as they gathered the equipment for him, the moment was actually being used to target other individuals. They could not bring themselves to do it. 
Like that's, that's fascinating to me. That is interesting. And I think that does bring a, a different gaze to that moment. And, you know, the, the possible motives for her not to be, you know, like no, to not touch it. But I, I in a, my first watch of it, my uh, assumption was, is that she doesn't know what technology is <laughs> capable of. You know, I, that's the way I read it too. It's like, like, hey, me that light pin. She's like, I don't know what that is. It's like, like I, yeah. I've seen Terminator too. Like, <laughs> I don't trust technology. So, I mean, they kind of said that verbatim anyways. But. No, I like the idea that we're living in a society like 300 years from now where Avatar 5 came out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, sorry. No, but, but um, yeah. yeah, the one thing I will say real quick, I, I swear to God, I would have thought it would have been hilarious and also kind of befitting in some way that if she put his, her fingers at the end of the episode, Irene put her fingers on, on Matthew's uh, temples, that she put him into some kind of like sleep for a moment. And then all of a sudden he found himself in one of those like monkey sack things. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, how dark oh. would that have been? Or, or like, she's like, do you want to see? And he's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden you see him exploring the universe and then he's back in cryo sleep. You know, like yeah. that would have been, I thought I, something yeah. dark like that was going to happen. Or at least I was hoping it was going to happen because I'm like, they've used him. <laughs> They used him for the purpose that they needed him. And now that their mission was accomplished, they don't like here again is like the outsider. So what would they yeah. truly need him for other than just to put him back on ice or whatever? Yeah. I just, I, it would have been even better. He just walked out and been like, Oh, I, I'm a part of the community. He goes, there's some kids like, Hey, do you know what crypto is? Like, or something like that, where it's like, he just starts bringing in like the, the, the 21st century back in the shit. And he's like, Hey, you know, you know, like, you know, like this being the infection that, that would have been way darker, but I've been the, like, it's the idea that there's like, he has redemption, right? Like that is, I didn't see that coming. Um, and it was nice. Um, the effects, not so much, but the, the, you know, the intent was nice. Yeah. I mean, overall, uh, very interesting uh, storyline. Yeah. Um, some th- there were some bumps, like you said. That I mean, we we talked about them. They're funny in their own little ways, and that. But they had to get from start to uh, finish with some kind of interesting things being encompassed. Now that you know, especially it's three hundred years later, how can we make it future, but then ground it again in reality? Yeah. Well, because you're expecting like that us as the viewer relating more to Matthew than the future, you're expecting like, you know, the other shooter drop, which I think when they acknowledge at the beginning, it's like, okay, what's the punchline? And then realize that there isn't a punchline in, in that sense. Like it's not cruel that, um, you know, th- that works well, but I same I, you know, me, I, I'm always waiting for that. I, I'm always waiting for that gut punch. We didn't get that. So, yeah. Uh, uh, any other notes? I got, well, I got one other bit uh, I want to talk about real quick that, that kind of speaks to the series as a whole for the eighties. Uh, the only thing I will say otherwise is I wonder if somebody got the idea of a demolition man from this, uh, <laughs> he, he comes out and he's like, we need you to hunt down Simon Phoenix, <laughs> but also you have, like, boys born. but also you kind of want to like do a lot of knitting now like, and crocheting. Uh, do you remember, do you remember that where it's like, they kept like trying to do like this pacifying thing with the people in the cryo sleep where they're like trying to give them like ideas and like Stallone's like, I just want to do some knitting right now. Like, like he was like crocheting. Anyway, yeah, it's like, all, all I want to do right now is knit a throw rug or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <he said. laughs> 
it's 30 years in the future. I, I hope we figured out the three she sell, she sell she, seashells. My God. Anyway. So, all right. Nuclear. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say? I said nuclear. Did you make fun? Cause I, that's one of the words I stumble over. I have no idea why I stumble over that word. <laughs> um, I have to I, always I, pause myself to say it correctly versus the George Bush way of saying it. Um, yeah, that's why I said it actually. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. So, um, all right. So then, uh, so Scott Wilson and Tess Harper have each starred in, uh, horror movie threequels. So I thought that was a weird um, bit of trivia. Uh, the Exorcist 3 and Amityville 3D, respectively. Both movies dealing with demonic possession. Okay, great. All right. Other bit here. Uh, this was, according to Phil DeGuerre, this was the first series using video edit- editing technology at the time, meaning that they they were able to actually like quickly add the digital effects in the show that I don't think they've aged well whatsoever. However... Because the way they were doing it, they were able to actually add these on a television budget versus like like going like really out of proportion. So they actually had a thing talking like he was talking on the commentary track while they're shooting this in a different part of California, like in LA, that the effects house was able to actually send them to him digitally to look at to review, like which is a big deal at the time. Right. Like, so he didn't have to drive physically to where they're making the effects. They could actually just send it to him digitally. He's like, Oh yeah, this works. This doesn't work. Um, like it's not aged well, but there is something to be respected that they were doing this before anybody else was. So I have to wonder that if we saw this when it aired, we're like, Oh, look at all that magic versus what the hell is going on here? You know, like, which also speaks to other digital processing that we saw and like, what was it? Um, Oh, um, uh, was it her, her pilgrim self or what the name of that segment was, you know, like soul, yeah. Pilgrim soul, you know, like there's a lot of that where it's like, Oh my gosh, like, nah, I'm good. But it's one of those things. It's like, if you have a new toy, you're going to play with it. So I can kind of see how, like they were excited for this also in terms of the expediency in terms of like the number of episodes they were making that makes sense. Right. But like Phil DeGuerre is actually really proud of the segment. Uh, meaning like most of, you know, I, I especially when you get, what was it? We end up getting, um, uh, Brennan, um, Alan Brennan. He's like, yeah, I really like this one. I'm like, did you, did you like it? Some have aged better than others. I think this one, I think it's okay. I think once you finally get into like the bones of it, it actually works pretty well, but it's still weird. But then how can I judge this versus like the original series? Cause I feel like, like some of the, some of the sci-fi swings there have not aged well. And this one hasn't aged well, but what's the difference between like, you know, the sixties and the eighties, if neither one of them has aged well, like how could I forgive one or the other? This, I think this would have been perfectly acceptable. Like, in the, in the original series. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I, you know, it, here we are talking about this and it, you know, the year that we're talking about this now, if you're listening in the future, but it's 2023 right now. Well, four months before Matthew goes into cryosleep. Right. It, this, I mean, obviously we could do better than this would probably even our phones now, but you know, here we are. This is, this is what we got. And it, it's not about, how those special effects look it's about how they're able to utilize it to at least enhance the story or make a visual work better for the storytelling 
So I, I think that they achieved what they needed to out of mm-hmm. it. And, you know, it worked perfectly fine. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, we ready to rate that twist? Yeah. All uh, twist rating, as always, is one through five. One being we saw it from a mile away and five being mind-blowing. Does not... The twist rating isn't how we feel about the episode. Um, I will say that it having a happy ending, I'm going to give that a four because I was expecting the other shoe to drop like you talked about. Uh, I think my the biggest, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, surprise in this is that they shot down a ship or, a, you know, destroy the ship. I'm going to give that a five. I didn't <laughs> expect that at all. Yeah. Kind of the bold move there, right? We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> yeah, I was very surprised by it that the the, uh, the title doesn't really give a whole lot away. Um, you know, like the fact that they're you know kind of a in a society where technology doesn't exist anymore, and then the, the you know the inevitably um, they they inevitably have to have him be the one that controls the satellites. Which I have to say too, don't all satellites have like. Uh, uh, like uh, an expiration date, don't they all float back down to earth? And burn I, I, up I would imagine that without like a major, like structural place, like they do have an orbit, right? It does decay, but unless they course correct, it does decay. So you're right. I would say that any, because like, didn't the space station just come down about two years ago. Well, it all will without like, if it's scheduled to do so and also without like course corrections, because there's a lot of different ways to have satellites use like, rotations and gravity to keep keep doing what they're doing however if the infrastructure's gone because the world's been blown out to like this hellscape um probably no satellites 300 years after the fact you know yeah and there's multiple up there because they're communicating with each other so i don't know (laughs) yeah they did say that they have some kind of solar panels on there that would be charged up still but i'm like i don't know i, like, I just don't see that I mean, how many times do we send mars rovers out where it's like i've been here forever oh no there's too much dust i'm dying and we all feel bad it's for just them. like wally vacuuming up there now <laughs> <laughs> it's just wally and matt damon eating potatoes that's what's <laughs> <laughs> Which if wow. people not, if people have not seen The Martian, that's a good movie. It's a, it's, a, it's a actually a pretty solid movie. But there's a lot of potato talk that happens in that movie. More potato talk than here, surprisingly. So all right. Um, so yeah, um, that's going to do it for our discussion about quarantine. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at uh, Strange Highways uh, Podcast. I promise that I've been posting images from the most recent segment of um, uh, Welcome to Winfield, not animal photos. So. Uh, you guys, yeah, you weren't following the wrong, uh, you know, uh, strange highways. You, we're, still, we're, we're still here. We just had some fun for a little bit there because uh, that episode that you were you were posting those pictures for, not good. No, and I not just good. like I, I just thought people would be in on the joke. And, you know, your knowledge may vary. That's all. So anyway, uh, email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast@gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, feelings, otherwise, and wherever you find your podcast, rate reviews would be greatly appreciated. And Terry, where can people find us? We're on Instagram, folks. Uh, go ahead and check us out um, there. Um, we're having some fun posting some stuff. It's been a little, uh, been a little long since I've been catching up on that stuff, but uh, we're still there. We're still hanging out. Um, you know, you know, do the thing over there. Follow, post the pictures, make comments. I don't know. I, it, you know, it's pictures. Just look at them. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just, I'm always confused. I'm an old man. That shakes my fist at cloud. That somehow Instagram is like 
still more like like involved and engaged with in like Facebook where it's like, Oh, you just post a photo and you put a bunch of hashtags. Everyone's like, I like that versus like Facebook where it's like, I have strong political opinions about whatever. Like, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's confusing to me that Instagram's like, Oh yeah, everybody's like pets, dogs, dog, dogs are pets, but it's like, Oh, like, 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 like I just like, yeah, but also you can say things. I don't know. Anyway, I'm an old man that shakes my fist at cloud. You guys should find me on MySpace. I don't even remember what my MySpace is anymore. Um, like we try our best. Terry does the Instagram. I do the Facebook. Um, I know that there's other multiple social medias out there, but we try our best. Uh, just if you like the show, if you're listening to this now, which you would be an hour, 11 minutes in, let other people know. Just share, share the podcast, uh, whatever social media you're, you think is appropriate. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, like I said, we're having fun. We'd like to see if you guys are as well, how, uh, how we're doing. All that should bang. You'll bang. Go on uh, the social medias and tell us. And we'll either listen to you and try to make it better or listen to you and keep it the same. So. <laughs> <laughs> all feedback's appreciated. It may not be implemented, right? So I think that's yep. fair. So, all right. Um, before we get out of here, let's talk about what we're doing next. And now, Mr. Serling. All right, next episode. It is season one of the 80 series, uh, uh, episode 18, segment A, Grandma. This is based upon a Stephen King short story. So we're going to have a Stephen King connection here um, to the Twilight Zone. So that's exciting. I didn't realize that was a thing. I know he wrote a, a uh, script that ended up being used um, on um, Tales from the Dark Side. That was a script that he actually wrote for amazing stories. They're like, yeah, that's too dark. And like, all right, well, let's just do until some dark side. Um, that we're going to talk about the, 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 um, the episode grandma. So Terry, did you know that there's Stephen King uh, story coming up? I, I did not actually, I was just looking at that now and I'm excited. So, I mean, there's definitely going to be something here to all talk right. about. I, I'm definitely going to try to hunt down the short story if I can too. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a further twist at you. I've already talked to somebody. We're going to have a special guest on next week. Oh, it, hell it, yeah. It's our friend Richard, who's been on previously. I, I knew it. Yes. I knew it. You, you uh, knew it. You knew it. You did not I, know it. Who better? I was going to say, if we have a King story come up, I wonder if we can get Richard on. So that's awesome. I'm glad that we were going to have him on here. He's a huge King fan. So yeah, let's let's go, man. You're right. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's going to get sloppy and weird, but I cannot wait talk about uh twilight zone and stephen king and uh talk with uh, with some good friends so that's going to do it for us this week everybody have a good week have a safe week uh in the meantime um i don't know like i guess if we get cryo freezed um maybe have i don't know a good skill 300 years from now because i mean i don't because they're gonna be like welcome to the future what do you do i'm like i have podcasts and they're gonna just put me right back in the ice that's what's gonna happen monkey pods Would you like to see them up close? I don't think I deserve to.